Father, we surrender tonight to you, Lord. We ask that by the Holy Spirit you would uh, inspire our hearts, that you would draw us closer to your paternal heart, that, Father, you are a father, and that you care for us, and that you love to lead us and guide us, Lord. And I'm just asking tonight that you would lead us and guide us through these parents up here on our panel, that you would speak through them, that you would release wisdom, God, and grace through their mouths. And Father, we just open up our hearts to receive counsel and to receive wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we just got one mic, so we're going to have to pass it around. But state your name, how many kids you have, and how old they are. We are Jan and Cliff Herndon. We have two wonderful daughters, one of whom you know very well right here in this room, and one who is not far away. And that's our kids. And how old are they? They're 31. Oh, that, see, I didn't know if there I should go. say that with yes. her here. But. Good age, 31. And we are Dennis and Maggie D. Smith. We have four kids, ranging 22, 23, 25, and 27. Three boys, oldest, and then the girl. We say at the end that we finally got it right. <laughs> <laughs> And John, we have four children, 10, 8, 5, just turned 5, and 2. Okay, awesome. And if you didn't know, so these are my in-laws, their daughter Allison, and she's a twin, so they may have some good stories on raising yeah. twins. So we'll, let, we'll let him go first. You're a twin too? Are you really? Really? We need to see a picture. Wait, yeah. One kids one at a time is the preferred method. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I know, right? Okay. So the first question. Now, um, you know, we can go down the line, and everyone can answer it. Or if you don't want to answer it, that's okay. But the first question, we're just going to dive right in. Tell us a story or a time where you failed majorly as a parent. Who wants to go first? Who? <laughs> Who wants to expose themselves first? Go ahead. I don't want to have DCF called on me, so <laughs> I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip one. Uh, even though my child, my children were not. You wanna, if you want to hear the story, tell we'll tell you. We'll no, tell we want to hear it. You got to tell us now. Come to me after. You got to tell us now. No one call. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. All right. First. First, I want to tell you in all seriousness, this was the worst time of my, of my life. This seriously was. Um, it was the worst time of my life and the best time of my life. But um, my children were not physically touched. When this happens, it's going to sound horrible, but my children were not physically touched. And I really <laughs> okay. So I came home from work one day. I was... Okay, yeah. We, we don't have time for the long version. So I was a youth pastor at a church and um, came home from church, you know, doing the churchly duties. And I walk in the house and she is crying. And uh, everybody's looking at me like everybody did something wrong, you know. That everybody has that look on their face. <laughs> I, walk, I walk in the house and I look down the hallway straight down the hallway, 
and there's a giant hole in Benjamin's door. Amen, brother. So what happened was he locked the door, and I told him to come out. And he wouldn't come out, and I was so mad. So I took, I don't know if it was a hammer or something, and I'm like, you better come out. So I beat the door. There's a hole in the door. Um, but he, <laughs> like I said, it was, he was never touched. He was <laughs> Okay, good, because that doesn't happen now. It's never happened since, but. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not unlocking the door. <laughs> Here comes a hammer oh or a hatchet gosh. or something. I'm gonna die. <laughs> wow. Ours was a little more serious. We had uh, we homeschooled our kids, and um, we had a situation or a time when we thought, well, let's try school. So we put two of them in school, Levi and Joshua. Josh is our oldest, and Levi is our second oldest. And uh, after a while, we started noticing um, some issues. Okay. Don't take a long time. I won't. Okay, so Joshua was being bullied a lot. Um, it was a small private school, and... Um, we talked to the teacher, we talked to the principal, we even ended up talking to parents um, about it, and um, it really didn't improve. The parents of the kids, right? The parents of the kids that were, yeah, which is hard to go to a parent and say, your kid's bullying my kid. Um, I guess the fail was that we didn't pull him sooner. You know, we waited till the end of the school year, and then God made it very clear, bring them back home. Um, you know, the disclaimer is every couple needs to seek God as to what to do for school. You know, God clearly led us to homeschooling. Um, there was a time when I felt like, I'm ruining my kids, I can't do this anymore, and so that's when we chose to put them in school. Um, but when we brought them back, you know, it was just like peace came over the house again. Um, but not without much damage done to our oldest son. I mean, even today, he would—he remembers, you know, really being bullied. So that was a really, you know, that was a fail for us to put them in school. I think I probably blocked out the big fails, so you could <laughs> ask Allison; she might remember them more. Um, I guess, if kind of just thinking globally, I would. I wish I had been more relaxed and carefree at some points, different points. I, I never like mess, I like order, and I probably should have let my guard down more to just enjoy the moment. But I, I do remember an age when they were about the same age as Josie in Cambry, and I was home with them, and they were both, you were two, yeah. yeah. And they were in their cribs upstairs, I thought, napping. Didn't not, we didn't realize that they knew how to get out of the cribs and I thought it was just so quiet. They'd been sleeping for hours. And I went upstairs to check on them, and I opened the door, and I couldn't even see them because the cloud of powder was so thick. <laughs> they had climbed out, one of them, I think you had climbed, no, Amy had climbed out of the bed. You were still in your crib, and we always bought the giant thing of wipes and the giant thing of powder and the giant thing of diapers with two. And they had pulled every diaper, every wipe, out 
and stirred it up into the crib. Um, and Amy's jumping around, or Allison's jumping around stirring it, and then they took this monstrous thing of powder and it just had poofed it all over the room. And it was, I mean, the walls were wet with the, the goop from the wipes, and then there was a layer of powder over that in the windows, and I thought that they probably couldn't even breathe. And I stepped on the carpet, and it was poof, poof, poof. It was just, and I remember losing it, just losing it. And I sat down, and I was crying in the middle of their room when he came home from work, and he came upstairs, and they're just jumping around, proud of themselves and what they had done, and I'm sitting there weeping. And he just scooped them up, and he said, just get out of here and go to the mall for a while. <laughs> but, you know, I probably should have laughed more at that, and I do now, but I just didn't, you know, I'm not one that likes mess and disorder, and I think I would have had a lot more fun with them as kids if I had been a little bit more that way. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so there's a question I had that you guys kind of hit on that I'd like to hear from all three of you, but... Yeah, start this way. So how did you decide what type of schooling your kids would receive? Well, uh, we were fortunate in that the options that we had included uh, a Christian school related to the church that we were going to and had been going to for a while. So we knew the people who ran the school. We were involved in the church. So it helped a lot to have, knew you had input into the into the opportunity to see what was going on and to pay attention to things were happening. Um, we knew, we didn't want to, the Pope, the Pope County, Pope County, Cabarrus County schools in North Carolina, in North Carolina were not the, um, the one they were scheduled to go to, we knew did not have a good reputation. So in some respects, I think it's gonna depend on what you have available and what your resources are and um, I think the homeschool thing is a, a great option, and I don't think that everybody's got the temperament and is cut out to do it. Um, and I would not, I would not want to see people uh, who feel like they have to do it and feel guilty because they are not very good at it or don't want to do it. So, I think you've got to use your uh, your your resources and decide what what God calls you to do. Like Maggie, they, you guys got called clearly to it, so that was out of the school. So when Dennis and I got married, we were in a small church um, community, and um, most of the families homeschooled, and we saw good results. So we just felt like that was what we were supposed to do. And um, so, yeah, it just seemed to be a really natural thing to do. And we had a lot of, like, mentors and people to help us. Um, we were in a good community that way. I think homeschooling is something that you need to be called to do because you give up income from one of the spouses, which is uh, significant. So it's a significant sacrifice that way. Um, I think the, the way that you run the school and how you have a community around you supporting you and working with you. One of my um, sister-in-laws is a teacher and of course the question was, oh, socialization, they're never you know, gonna grow up right. And, you know, you can't raise kids. Well, I've got a master's in business, and she's got a bachelor's in social work. So if you can't raise and teach kids, you know, the beginning stuff. But the interesting thing was we were there when our kids first read. We were there when our kids, you know, were learning to write and draw and all those kind of things. That was just special 
kind for us too. So, uh, and she mentioned it when she was pregnant with our first. You know, I think, I think, the Lord's telling me to homeschool, and so it was more than just the influence of the people around us. I think it was something that we had really prayed about, and it. Uh, you can see, even uh, with the school systems now, they weren't as bad as they were. It seems like back then, but they still had lots of problems. So anyway. So when we when I started um, Josh with kindergarten, I had a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a baby. Um, it was September when she was born, and so we would sit on the couch and I would read to them, and and um, that's that's how we started. Wow. And you're sitting around the table, and one kid would be listening to this, to the older one, and the younger kids would be answering if the older one didn't answer quick enough. And so you had the older ones also working with the younger ones and things like that. All right, so when Leah and I started dating, she said that when she had kids, she wasn't going to work anymore and she was going to homeschool them. So there you go. Done. Um, <laughs> it's a simple decision for me. I was like, hey, I like her. Let's do this. No, um, and for me, I grew up going to public school. I went to Crystal Lake right over there. Um, grew up like half a mile from here. So um, I was that kid who got done with all of his schoolwork before everybody else and got done with his tests before everybody else and was doing spitballs and all that other stuff. And I was constantly in trouble. Um, like high school, I would sit there for hours. Just I would get done with my work, and I would just sit there, and it was so boring. I'd beg my kids, my, my, kids, my, fa my parents to homeschool me, but they both worked full time. So I knew even as... When I was a kid sitting in school, like, wow, if I have a chance for my kids to be homeschooled, that's what I'm going to do. Because for me, going to public school, 75% of the time was a waste of time. And then I always felt like I didn't belong there, which is probably most kids feel they don't belong and they don't fit in. And growing up in a Christian home, you especially feel that way. And it's like, why am I here around these people who are constantly being dirty and nasty and naughty? So anyways, um, yeah. Um, definitely want to agree with, like, I feel like if if God is moving you towards homeschooling, that let that be a God thing. Like, I, I've talked to a lot of moms, and, and for I've talked to a lot of moms. They're like, oh, I'm going to try homeschooling. And a lot of times when you go on there, just like, I'm going to try homeschooling, you almost need to have, I feel like you need to have a word from God because it is a different environment. The kids know the bedroom is right, right on the other side of the wall where you teach. The house is never clean when you start school. For mom, moms who run the house, you always constantly see a messing. Kids are always going to want snacks, and so it's just like, uh, just just the normal stuff. Anyway, but um, just encourage you with that, like have a God thing. For us, like I said, it was a little bit more spiritual than that, than just like I asked, you know, like I felt it in my heart. Could could I stay home? Anyway, asked his permission. He said yes. So God, God said yes. We were to homeschool, and even in that, I've got condemned really bad. It's not so much now. I think even people who don't have a clue about God are wanting to homeschool their children. So it's not as bad as it was years ago. But I re got really condemned. But the key is, when God tells you what to do, whether it be homeschool or in a different private school or a Christian school or public school, God's going to take care of your children and be in obedience. And to not, to not be like, hey, I, I want to homeschool, and just you condemn yourself because you can't, because you need to work. 
God calls us all in different seasons. So I just want to take that off. I know as moms, I have dealt with that too. Like, I'm, I'm not doing the same curriculum as this person's doing. They're doing everything and reading hours and hours and hours. So I just encourage for the moms who are at home teaching and being like the, kind of like the, whatever you call it, the main um, teacher, yeah, at the home, if, if the husband's away working, you know, I just encourage you with that, to when you have whatever it is, hear from God, let him confirm it to you, which he always will, and stick with it, and even if it is homeschooling, and I tell you, I say now, I say we have good days and better than good days, so you will have good days and better than good days, and, but if God's told you, he will also give you the grace to do that, and your children will not miss any, any good thing from God. Amen. All right, we're going to send Josie to you. <laughs> All right. Um, next question here. So what were some methods of discipline that you implemented on your kids? So obviously we know, you know, the spanking. Um, what were some other things that would you guys threw in the mix? For example, I know like Josie, she hates time out right now. Like yeah. she'll just cry the whole time, but it kind of well, works a little bit sometimes. Barry one time talked about... Um, tying his kids up for fighting and arguing. He's like, okay, if you're going to do that, I'm going to tie them. So I did it right after. I'm telling you, Monday, <laughs> I said, okay, children, I'm tired of listening to you fight. I said, so I tied them. I did, they're not physically injured. I did not physically injure my kids, but I tied them, tie their hands and their feet down. So they had to work together and do everything. They thought it was, they thought it was hilarious. Uh, actually, they hated it at first, but then by the end of the day, they were laughing together and they were having fun. But I say des definitely with discipline, let God, let, go to the Word of God, go to the Word of God first, because the Word of God has the truth, and I want to encourage you, with our society, and where it's been without God, and even in schools, go to what the Word of God says about disciplining, the Bible is very clear about disciplining, the rod of correction, um, I am all for spanking our children, not to where it hurts, but spanking them to where they, they've, <laughs> Not abusing them, but spanking them to where they feel, because there's, there's only so much that a kid will learn who may, you know what? It hurts every time I hurt someone else, and I'm not going to do that. And, but again, have a mindset of, I'm doing this because I love you, and it, does, it really does hurt the parents more than it hurts them. I never understood that until I became a parent. But definitely, if not spanking, whatever, get it to where they feel it. I mean, I've heard people even taking away special food, like if it's a treat or a candy, get it to where they feel it. So, like, discipline, if, like, Josie, like, hates being alone or whatever, hate being alone, put them in a spot. You know, if it's, like, your, your, your kid loves TV, this favorite show, take that away where they feel it. Like, I can't. They, they feel the consequence of their, of their decision. Does that make sense? So. Yeah. yeah. I just spank him. <laughs> I don't know. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's why I tell Leah, if if a donkey comes to drink, every time it gets hit in the head with a brick, it'll eventually stop <laughs> taking a drink. So it's the same thing with the kids. You know what I mean? Eventually. Right. That's what, that's what Leah was trying to do when she put the hole in the door. That's it. You know? We don't throw bricks at our kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you make... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you want to make them feel it, you know. So sometimes, like sometimes, I'll I'll give them a choice, you know. Hey, you can either do this or get a spanking. Usually, they'll choose a spanking, uh, just to get it over with quick. But 
Well, I will say this to mamas and daddies, especially mamas, get up and do something. If they're disobeying you, don't just say, like, give me, if you do it one more time, because you know after the 525,000th time in the day they're still doing it and you don't do anything, it's not do anything. We're just become, God spoke this to me, I've just become a lazy parent where I don't care. Get up off your bottom. I'm speaking to myself. Get up off your bottom, even if it's the hundredth time that day, hundredth time in that five minutes, the kids are still arguing or still not doing what they're supposed to do. Get up and discipline them. Either tell them or spank them or whatever it is that you choose to do, but do something and don't just let it be like, oh, I'm going to give you one more chance. You know what I'm saying? Because God's given you that authority as being a mother and a father, and they need to respect that. And, and not only that, this is I, I, with my son. He's getting 10 years old. I said, you know what? You have to obey me because if you don't obey me, when you grow up and get a job, your boss isn't going to listen to you, talk to them like that, or be rude, or if I tell you to do something and you don't do, go do it, or my daughters or whatever, when you get a job, you will not have a job. You're under fire. So we're not only teaching them just in our home, not because I want to be the boss and control them, but we're training them up for when they leave the home. That's the key as parenting. We're training them up for when they leave the home, in the relationship with God, and just life, life skills. I don't tell them to do anything three times. So just saying. After the second time, yeah. it's on. I, l- I like what, what Leah said uh, as far as, like, don't, don't be a lazy parent and say, you know, if you do that one more time. Because, you know, it's like uh, you, have to, you have to do it. And, well, they have th- three girls and a boy. You have two girls. We had three boys and a girl. Boys are naughtier than girls um, in general. There, we had three very active. Well, they're very physical, right? Naughty. Girls can be <laughs> naughty. So I felt like I was disciplining a lot. Um, and so I just left a spoon, in a wooden spoon in my bedroom. And when they were naughty, I'd say, OK, go in my room. I did that for two reasons. Um, one, to give me a little time to just, yeah, cool down because we shouldn't discipline in anger. And sometimes I would just be so angry at what they did. So I would just need to like go to the Lord and say, you know, just help me to do this rightly. Um, and so we heard, I think this was from Dr. Dobson, um, that we didn't use our hand but we used a a spoon, which is something separate from us because our hands represent love and caring for our children. Um, And so we also never said, like, you're a naughty boy or you're a naughty girl. Instead, we would say what you did was wrong. And I think to make that distinction is really important. Sometimes you hear people out in public, you know, like really railing on their kids, and it's so damaging. Um, So their behavior is wrong, and you want to separate them from their behavior. Well, I would do things like we'd say, well, who did that? And they would say, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. So I'd send them in the room, and I'd say, you guys go in that room, and you come out with the right answer. They'd go in the room, and then I'd stand by the door, and I'd listen. And you could tell who did it pretty quick. 
you go tell him you did it. No, I'm not going to tell him. Speaking. So, um, but as far as um, disciplining, just making sure they know what they're supposed to be doing before you discipline them for something. They need to know what they're supposed to be doing. And, uh, and uh, it gets to be an age when the boys get older, they take direction and instruction better from a man than the mother. So I would try to take the lead and I'd tell her, give them deadlines so you don't repeat yourself. Just say, have it done by this time because that's real world job oriented kind of things. And if they didn't, then there was repercussions. Um, one of the things I, I think in, in words that, I'm a word guy, so just, um, sometimes we think discipline is punishment and that's not right because punishment's only part of discipline. We've, we've got to catch our kids doing good stuff and, and reward them for that. And I, I know y'all do that. I'm not saying, I just think that we can get into how we're going to punish. And yes, we do need to set limits. And yes, we do need to establish that. And we need to let them know ahead of time what the consequences are before it happens, which is another thing. They may not get that as kid, young kids, but later on, they might get the fact that consequences relate to things. But but I think it's, it's always great to be able to find your kid doing something. Boy, that was, I'm really proud of you when you did such and such. You know, when you gave, you gave so-and-so the, the last lollipop or whatever it is, you know, that was, that showed me a lot about you. So I, I think trying to balance those things is important um, along the way. And we don't think sometimes to, to help the good stuff, we try to stop the bad stuff. I was talking to Allison's sister about this very question yesterday and about punishment when they were little and we did spank when they were young but I don't remember spanking either one of them that often and Amy said I don't think it was very often either but it didn't really hurt that badly so we you know we kind of preferred the spanking quick get it over with and I'm like oh okay now you tell me but by the time they were middle school age and starting to have an active social life and you know, that kind of thing. We, yeah, right. I mean, we really, taking away privileges. Um, so you're not gonna have Vicki spend the night, tomorrow night. I'm gonna call her mom and tell her that, be, you know, you haven't been behaving and we're gonna cancel that. Or you can't go to so-and-so's slumber party or, you know, you can't go shopping with so-and-so and her mom. And that would be the real killer punishment. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I believe in yeah, washing the mouth out with soap. Come on. That works. That really does work. Yep. She never said that yeah. word again. What, what flavor was the soap? Oh, it was nasty. It's soap soap. Was it a used soap, bar soap, or was it bar brand soap. new? Was it, yeah. was it a brand new one no, or a used one? it wasn't like a mouthful of Tide or anything. It was, <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but was, it, was the bar soap used or was it new? No, it was probably right out of the bathtub. Ooh. Whatever. But um, the other part of punishment, I remember we were always very strong that they had to apologize. They have to acknowledge why are you being punished, what have you done, and make sure they understood, you know, what the offense was, and then they had to apologize to us or the sister or whomever they had offended. So they got very good at doing that. But it's it's never fun. But you're right, the consistency, and we didn't believe in, okay, if you do that, I'm telling you, for the eighth time, you do it, you know, it's like, boom. And you were like, oh, man, I wish they hadn't done that, you know, but you have to take care yeah. of it. Yeah, you may want to cover Matt's ears. He's hearing all the secrets now. He's going to know what's coming. Um, 
One last thing here with John. Yeah. Um, one thing I, w I will say is um, with my kids, you know, I, I explain to them why they're getting punished, especially if they're getting a spanking. Um, and one thing that I'll, I'll afterwards, you know, I'll hold them and stuff and, and explain to them, you know, I, Daddy does this because he loves you, because I don't want you ruined, you know. You know there's kids out there who are spoiled and nobody likes them. Remember that kid? You don't even want to be around because the kid's a brat and, you know, everybody's, every time anybody gets around him, he gets hurt and blames it on everybody else. Nothing's that kid's fault and he won't eat anything except for bread and butter. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, you know. <laughs> you know, but hey, and I, I explained to him, and, and now when Benjamin gets a spanking, I'll say to him, I say, you know why I'm doing this, right? And because you love me. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, they understand. So, and real quick, who like seriously loves to fast and go without eating? Okay, right. So children, I promise you, if all your kids, all they want to do is eat snacks and they don't want to eat their food, don't give them snacks. Because I guarantee you, they will come back breakfast morning, even if it's been sitting there for overnight and it's cold. They will eat their food. They will not starve themselves to death. I'm a firm believer in that. If my kids, if my kids don't eat what I get before them, I'm sorry, you're going to go hungry. So just, just want to put that out. We also had the three-bite rule. You have to take three bites of everything and try it. I mean, you might hate it. You know, I mean, it never worked on me with lima beans. I still to this day can't eat a lima bean, but every day growing up that we had them, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, we'll start with the Hernans here. So tell us a story when someone made a rude comment or they questioned your parenting ability. And, and tell us how you responded and handled that. Um, this is a good kind of follow-up to the discipline question. I remember the girls were about seven, eight years old, and there was like a family fun park in our town, and we had a play date scheduled with their friends, like three or four other little girls that age, and all of us moms were meeting to take our kids there. And that morning, right before we left, I forget what Amy did, but it was a, it was a big no-no. And I thought, you know, the natural response was to say, you can't go on this play date. But Allison hadn't, Allison was the good kid that day, right? Take a bow. One day. <laughs> One day. But I mean, I had to take Allison, the girl, you know, I, it, Amy was too young to leave home by herself. So I thought, what do I do? So I put both of them in the car and we go to the fun park. And I told Amy, you wait here in the car. I walked Allison in and I paid for her way and I parked the car so that Amy and I could watch all these girls having oh. fun playing on all the equipment. Oh. And Amy's sitting there, <laughs> you know, just sobbing. And I put the timer on for like a half hour. And she just sat there miserable. And her little girlfriends are looking through the fence at her, you know, like, oh, you poor pitiful thing. So at the end of the half hour, and she's all cried out. And I, you know, she apologized. And I walked her in and then let her have the rest of the playtime. Two of the other mothers came over to me and let me have it. They thought, they said, that is the meanest thing we have ever seen. And I said, I wasn't being mean, but I explained what had happened. And they're like, well, you could have just, you know, 
forgiven her this time or punish her later when you get home. I'm like, no, it has to be immediate. She has to make the link to that. And I mean, and I was like, I was, I'm like, how dare you? I, you don't understand. And, you know, and one of these little girls particularly, you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, that girl ran the roost. And the only thing she ate was chocolate and oh. Mountain Dew, you know. Um, but it just. But when she came to our house, she ate three bites. Yeah, and then her mother gave us what and for for that, and for she never that. came back again. <laughs> but I thought, no, you've got to make, you know, this is, if, if I had just dropped Amy off at the fun park and said, well, what you did was really bad, blah, 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 but go on in and have fun, here's your reward, what kind of a message would that be? But I could not believe the other moms, not only were they, you know, not keeping their mouths shut about it, but they were just letting me, you're just so mean. So that, I was surprised by that. Um, so one of my college friends um, was having babies the same time I was, but she had three little girls, and I had three little boys, and um, then a girl who was more like a tomboy because she did everything her brothers did. She didn't play with dolls. She was very active also. So they had us over for a play date, and... Those girls were like real girly girls. They liked to sit nicely and play, and our boys were like all over the place. And at the end of the day, um, that college friend of mine said, I don't think we can have you over again. Your boys are just way too rough. And <laughs> I just felt really bad because, you know, they just played differently. It wasn't, um, I don't think it was really wrong. I mean, they're just, Boys are very active, and mine were especially active. Um, I guess it's not really my situation with our kids, but having four kids is more than the normal amount of kids. And you grow into a grocery store, you know, and you can tell they're ours because they all look alike. But the uh, interesting thing was someone will come up and say, are those all yours? And it's like, well, why'd you have so many kids kind of thing? Well, I'm, I happen to pay for your Social Security and uh, just kind of leave it at that. Actually, we were a small family in our community. We, yeah, in our circles, we had friends that had 8, um, 10, and 12 children. So we were actually a small family. Um, I've got a bunch of it. i got a bunch of them. Well... For me, as being, um, for me loving God and being, um, I mean, I don't go to church just because I want to see Kathleen and Raul. I come to church for Jesus, you know what I mean? And so when I, <laughs> when I, when I, when I go home, I train my children up in the Word of God, and I everything I do is intentional for me. So I set my children up for for higher standards than the world. So as far as TV shows, there were there there are shows that are acceptable, and there are shows that are not. That just so happens to be every other show that every other kid in the world watches. That it, that is everywhere else but my home. Um, you know things like that, and then like. Again, I'm, I have a standard of food. I'm not going to let my children have snacks and snacks and snacks and snacks, especially in between dinner when we're about to eat in like 10 minutes. And so there's just been, just been times when uh, just even with family, um, I'm like, 
I'm sorry, my, my, my kids aren't going to eat that, or, you know, I'd rather my kids not wash that. Not in a condemning way on them or anything, but it's just amazing the, like, feedback I've been getting from that. It's just like, what? You just need to let your kids be their own person, and they're only going to be little ones. And I'm like, you know what? But listen, the Bible tells us to train our kids up in the way of the Lord, because when they are old, they will not depart from it. And so for me, my, my job and what God's just been revealing to me lately is for me, I can't make my children do anything, but I can set them up in the atmosphere to receive Jesus and to encounter the Holy Spirit. And that's, a, that's what I'm going to do. And I encourage all of you, mothers and fathers, when you set your standard, and if you haven't already, especially for younger ones, set a standard for your family, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do with the scheduling, with food, and you know what I mean? When you have kids... When you're married, you don't think about all that stuff. But when you have it, I encourage you to, you know, set some stuff up and stick to it. Because what's right for your family isn't going to be right for another person's family. And there's no condemnation there. But stick with it, with what God has told you to do for your family. Yeah, one, <coughs> one thing that, that uh, we got really, well, I can't give all the details. But um, one thing was homeschool. So one person who was over us in work or whatever. Um, anyways, one person who had authority over us, you might say, kind of in a way, without giving all the details. Basically, you know, they said they were asking what school our kids were going to go to and stuff. And Leah and I were like, well, we've already talked about it. You know, we're going to homeschool our kids. And they're like, homeschool your kids? Yeah. I would never have anybody who worked for me homeschool their kids. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, I didn't get it. I didn't think it was like anybody cared one way or the other. I didn't realize that that was like, I thought people homeschooled their kids because they could, and other people went to public school because that's what they needed to do. I didn't realize that there's people who believe strongly you have to do this or you have to do that. So, just encourage you guys, like everybody's been saying, do what's right for your family. If it's public school, it's public school. If it's homeschool, homeschool. If it's private school, private school. Do what's right for your family. And when it comes with disciplining and, and what you allow your kids to do or not do, do what's right for your family. You know, pray about it, obviously. Hear God on it, obviously. But don't allow other people to control you if it's not in the word of God and it doesn't say thou shalt not homeschool, do what you feel like the Lord wants you to do. And even if you're the only one that you know that's doing it, it's okay. So we've been in that situation where everybody else is like, eh, you know, and, and multiple different things. But it's okay because we know that's what God wants us to do. So that's what we're doing. And saying that, too, we would be in a disobedience to God because we, we're not going to be, um, when, we're, when we're in heaven, all those people that point their fingers are going to be with us. Our response is to God alone. So, again, what's right for your family and do it no matter what because if you, if you were to not, you would be in disobedience to him. And that's, not, that's, that's a place where none of us would want to be. Anybody got any questions? Just want to make room for that. Okay, so next question. Um, when did you start letting your kids make decisions? And what did that kind of 
What that what did that process look like? Um, <coughs> well, my oldest is ten, and John can probably brag more about this. But my son, um, he's like me in in like wanting to clean and organize stuff, which I, I appreciate that. So he wakes up before he even I think goes to the bathroom. He he has his whole side of the house clean. Hey, it's it's like five thirty in the morning. He's shuffling his feet through the house with his eyes half closed, and he's cleaning. And I'm sitting there drinking my coffee. I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" I think he's sleepwalking, cleaning. I'm like, "You you know you can chill or go get something to drink or something. You don't have to clean." I know, but I'm not gonna feel like I can relax until I get this done. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For real. Now. Now, Anna and I, on the other hand, <laughs> total opposite, all right. Yeah, but um, I say when you start to see maturity in them, and it comes at different ages, like he's 10, and, um, you know, it could be different. It could be older. It could be younger. But whenever you see maturity, whenever they're obeying you, whenever they're following the rules, I forgot what even the question was. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, when they can, when you're seeing the fruit of their obedience, I say, is the key. When they can obey authority yeah. and you give them more more room. When, when you have four kids, sometimes you just allow them to choose what they're going to wear to church. <laughs> sometimes they end up at church with no shoes, so it happens. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like we gave choices a lot of times. The thing I can say is if you're going to say, would you like to do this? And or what would you like to do? And then they tell you, and you don't let them do that. You're almost kind of like telling them not to make choices. So, but in terms of, uh, I don't know. We we are of the opinion that we don't want to micromanage them, but they need to be able to think right or wrong. I guess it kind of comes down telling them what to do and having them do things. Um, I think it was 13 years old when I would sit down and say. Now I believe you're accountable to God. You know right or wrong. And you are gonna not only going to be disciplined by me, but I believe the Lord is working in your life, and he's going to be the one who's correcting you for right or wrong. And you're responsible to him for your choices. And I think that we tried to engage that so that they would take that into consideration when they make choices. But it's, it's uh, pretty amazing how much peer pressure comes into play, how much... Um, the moment, it seems right in the moment, comes into play. So it just keeps has to be grounded on just knowing the right thing to do and, and doing it. Because if you know the right thing to do and don't do it, it's pretty clear it's sin. I think um, with the small choices, um, like Jonathan said, you know, like some things, okay, we're going to do this today. So that's non-negotiable. But do you want to wear a blue sh your blue shirt or do you want to wear your green shirt? You know, like give, you know, we like to give them some choice um, so that they feel, you know, like mom and dad aren't making all the decisions. Um, to go to church was expected um, until they were 18. Um, so that was, that was a given. Um, no tattoos. Yep, no tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Until they were 18, then two of them did get tattoos. Um, <laughs> what? 
We have a good tattoo okay. story with Allison. Um, I asked my daughter. I asked my daughter that this question about decisions, and she said, "Well, mom, you didn't let me do anything." Um, she still lives at home. <laughs> she does still live at home. Yes. Yeah, I, th I think that's a key element too. Is that, that, that mm -hmm. if they're in your house, mm -hmm. you don't make the decision, but their decisions have to go by your household rules. Some or both. Yeah. Holding accountable at this age, my daughter came home with this thing that looked like a Buddhist, you know, meditating tapestry. tapestry. And oh yeah, well there's nothing wrong with this, and it's like, well it's got to come down. Well, is it? Do I have to move out if I don't take it down? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, very sobering, but there wasn't a lot of you know tantrum or anything like that, and she did it. Um, just to kind of piggyback on a couple comments, with, with Allison and Amy being the same age, same gender, um, we quickly saw that they had totally different tastes by the time they were four years old. So they wanted to pick out different clothes to wear. And I think we would try to give you like, okay, here's three things you could wear to church today, and then pick one, you know, and usually that helped with the choosing. But again, I talked to Amy about this question yesterday, and <laughs> we had more time together. And she said that she remembers making decisions like in junior high or middle school um, when we started letting them have an allowance. And I think we gave you like $10 a week and it was tied to chores. So it was deducted if you didn't make, making the bed was a given. That was gonna happen every morning, okay? That didn't take. <laughs> um, and there were you know, other things like setting the table, emptying the dishwasher, um, taking out trash, they had their own chores, and if they missed something, then you know, a dollar would come off of it, that sort of thing. Um, and then they had to tithe from that, they had to put uh, a tenth in savings, and so if they had a good week, that meant eight dollars they had to spend. But maybe there was something that cost, you know, fifteen dollars that they saw at Target they really wanted, and then we'd have like a, a they'd say, Mom, I want to earn some more money, so I might think of something, a bigger job that they could do you know, something that wasn't fun, but something that I didn't want to do, and I could have them do it. You want to earn another five bucks or something like that. But, you know, that was a good time, I think, to start giving them options and choosing money management and setting up the notion of at least tithing and um, things like that, and then raising their own money for missions trips and things like that along the way. Did you want to tell a story about? Oh, Feel free, All no right, pressure. We also had the rule, no tattoos until you're at least 18. So we made it to 18, and it wasn't much of a question. When we moved down here, the girls were at Southeastern. And I was traveling a lot with admissions at that point. And so the girls were more talking to dad and seeing him on a more regular basis. And of the two of us, they will tell you that dad's the softer touch. I'm the, this is the way it's going to be. And they knew they could work on their dad with things like this. So was it first Amy and then Allison? Amy was first. They would go to their dad and they would say, Help us tell mom <laughs> that we got a tattoo. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think that that's. How do we break it to mom when she comes home 
It's on you guys. I mean, you're 18. It's on you to explain it. I love it, or I think it's wonderful. I, I remember I showed you in front of your friends who you like beat. <laughs> Whoa! It was like kind of bigger than you expected on my back, and she was like, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> It was good, good manipulation. Yes, <laughs> it works. I mean, yeah. but you know, they knew they knew the rules. You know, you have to be 18, and, and and their tattoos, to be fair, are Christian in meaning. But I kept saying, "We'll buy you a locket with that on it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is there is a definite culture interpretation of tattoos that's different from our generation yeah. and our parents' generation. So, I mean that that's it. Your mom would, would have thought it would have been they were going into the Navy or else uh, something was happening. She still the motorcycles. And, yeah, she never did quite get it, did she? Um, I think one of the things I was thinking of, um, just as something to be aware of, is related to media. Um, you know, it wasn't even as big a deal, of course, when you guys were growing up, but, but now it's such a pervasive thing. Um, of course, I think you, you need to be involved in what they're watching or what they're going to, regardless of how old they are. Now, Allison and I had, we, we, we actually presented on this once at uh, Raw TV, you remember? We were talking about when, when could they go see certain movies and, uh, or what movies could they see? And we would uh, actually, when they got to be what, like 11 or 12, something like that, we, they, if they came to us and said, this is a movie that we wanna see, well, first it was like, is it PG or less? And it was like, yeah, it's PG. Okay, well then, what is it? Because we have to we have to look it up and see what it's about, and just want to be sure. And uh, so so we continued with that. Um, and and sometimes they would have friends who would have sleepovers, and they said, well, we're gonna, they're going to watch this R-rated movie, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, we said no. <laughs> She said no first, but I guess, but, but yeah, but, but that wasn't okay. I mean, even if everybody else is doing it, and we didn't have, let them have computers in their rooms by themselves. Yeah, no computers or TVs in the rooms, and we didn't, we were like the only parents in their little group that they were not allowed to have video games. We thought, you know, you well, should. That's hard now. That's, you know, now when they went to friends' homes, we couldn't control that, and I think that's where they played with them, but. Um, and for a number of years, we boycotted Disney. We felt very strongly about Disney's agenda at that time, which, you know, frankly, hasn't gotten any better. But we were also, you know, we're not going to see that. We don't agree with what Disney believes about this or that. And that was hard, you know, because those were the kind of the Disney years in there. Um, I mean, we eventually abandoned that, and, you know, there are some good products out there, but... Um, if they did want to see a PG movie, for example, in high school, there are some really good websites that will, PG-13, um, that will, you know, give you what's the offensive material, and we would make a judgment from that, because it just might be, you know, oh, the main character says darn, you know, and that, we didn't have a problem with that, but if there might be another scenario, and like, no, we're not going to expose them to that. So you, you have to be involved, and you have to be yeah, vigilant, stay, and, stay involved with what your kids are doing. you know, and we knew that compared to some of the parents of their friends, we were, you know, more stringent about that. And they kind of got used to that. Like, well, mom and dad probably won't let us do that. And so, you know, 
they, they sort of got used to that and they'd work around it. Okay, then we'll do this instead. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Raul, you had something? Never mind, sissy. What do, you, what do you mean, Josie wasn't? I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rebecca's like a cherub. She's like a, yeah, she's the angel. Okay, well. Go for it. Spank. <laughs> I don't say things more than two times. I will pop her. I don't let her say no to me. I mean, well, does she say no? Yeah, she says no. But you don't say no to Daddy right before we came to church. No, no, no. I was telling her to do something. No, no, no. Pop. Put her down in her bed, covered her up, closed the door, said, you can come out when it's time to go to church. You know? When did you start actually saying no? Like, what age? Okay, so... When she was old enough to say no, okay. and when she was old enough to start bucking, you know, so, so when you're having a fit and that sort of thing. So I'm trying to change her diaper, and she no, 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 going like this, that, well, this, that, get in the car seat, fighting with the car seat. No, no, no. I mean, those are the things. That's where it starts, you know. Mm. Those are the two places that they want to fight you the most. Well, they need their diaper changed. Nobody wants to be smelling a poopy diaper, you know. And they need to have their seatbelt buckled. It's for safety, and it's for, well, the safety of her rear end and everybody's nose. So, yeah, when, they're, when she, when they, all of them, when they are old enough to basically, you know, go against what and to say no and go against what we were telling them to do, that's when they got a pop. You know, it's not, nothing major, not like, bam, where they got a bruise, but a pop where it's like shocking, like, whoa, this, he just was violent, <laughs> you know? It was like, wow. I yeah. Yeah, so um, I think really that's one of the, and then also having them to do something. That's another yeah. thing. They because. Yeah. When Pray in the spirit, Molly, because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's 20 minutes left at the church. It's five seconds. When ben, yeah, when Benjamin was old enough to take off his diaper and poop on the floor, I made that boy clean it up. <laughs> and he was probably one year old, you know, but he didn't poop on the floor again. Now, that was the second time he pooped on the floor. I'm like, Psh, I'm not doing this again. You're doing it, you know, and he was, <laughs> I mean, that, and maybe that's, that's why, why he cleans so much, <laughs> you know. Oh my gosh. So, right. but <laughs> but but also not just when they do something wrong, right. have them do something like, well, there's a piece of trash on the floor. Hey, baby, go pick that and put that in the garbage can. If they're old enough to walk around and right. understand what you're saying, have them start doing stuff because that's that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. That helps. That really does help too. Yeah. Yeah. 
one thing that we taught our kids to do is whenever we call them, the first thing they do is say, yes, mom, and yes, dad, and come to wherever I am. They w I wouldn't have to go find them. Yeah, that's good. Any other questions out here? Thank you. What do you have to share over there? You've been listening to all this. Yeah. Any questions? No pressure. Okay, last question. that really changed the dynamic in our family was bringing in other kids that needed a place and we'd bring them in for usually a season kind of thing and it wasn't like we don't love you anymore they were usually older kids like 18 20 years old but it changed the dynamic and our family was able to put our arms around them and so you know the younger they are I can still see that dynamic dynamic coming into play where your children I don't know, it just seems like they get more compassionate towards and look outward looking. That's why we took our kids to like a third world country when they turned 13. We would take them on a missions trip and they would come back and they'd go, I never knew I had it so good or I'm going to make my clean my room every day from now on because I appreciate what I have so much more. Yeah, That's good. All right, last question. It may be like two minutes per couple. Um, we're getting close on time here, but what would you say was one of the most important things the Lord has taught you about parenting? <laughs> I know there's probably several, but just if you could nail it down to like one or two things, some of the more important things the Lord has taught you through parenting. We'll start with the DeSmiths. Parenting made me a praying woman. Um, really, I there were so many times that something would come up and you know we'd say well the bible isn't like really super clear about this particular situation that we're going through and we we would just have to seek the lord um i think um my life verse um as the kids were growing up was um philippians 4 6 and 7 don't worry about anything, but in all things with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Um, and I, I would say that every single day. Um, so I think I just, it, it made me pray so much more because I was responsible before God for directing these little ones. Well, I'm a musician and I love music and I bring a lot of music into the house. And I think that for a parent, the joy that you bring in the house and the spontaneousness and the, and the taking advantage of the moment kind of thing has been what I try to do is if they're doing well, praise them for it. If there's an opportunity to, to just be rambunctious with them, to do it because they're with you for such a short period of time. I'll just say one more thing. So I think it's really important to um, stand in unity um, in front of the children, you know, that we maintain um, uh, u united. There were times when he would be saying something to them and I'd be thinking, oh, I wish he wasn't saying that. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that until later when it was just the two of us because I think it was really important for the kids to, s to say, you know, well, mom and dad are together on this. 
So okay. I think that's important too. I think for us, just having the two children, but again, being twins and both girls, you know, I think the tendency, you know, we were surprised to even have twins, so we had to learn it very, very quickly, was um, that, you know, we saw early on how unique and individual and different they were one from another. And you know we're thinking, okay, two girls are going to both like ballet. They're going to both take piano. They're going to both play soccer. They're going to, and no, no, it quickly, you know, they both went down different paths. And to this day, they've got different talents and giftings and different personalities. And uh, I think that's just it was a huge lesson that how unique we all are in God's sight. And you've got to find your child's giftings and encourage that and let them. You know, you may have to try. 10 or 12 different things until something's revealed that they're good at. Uh, and just, you know, you don't want them to feel like they're failing, but at the same time, like, okay, maybe that's not what God wants you to do. Maybe that's not where your talent, your gift is, but whoa, look at this. Look how great you are with this, and you love doing it. And, you know, you just pray about that for God to open the right doors. And it just, I think it's a lesson with how unique we each are and how wonderfully created we are and how different, even twins, you know, it was a real lesson to see that. That's good. I think um, humility is maybe one of the, the biggest lessons because you have to give yourself permission for be, to be imperfect. Um, you're going to make mistakes. Um, and um, being able to accept that means that you're accepting your dependence on God to fill in the places that you don't <laughs> um, and let you be where you need to be. And uh, trust him in the fact that um, there's a there's a saying called being a good enough parent, and uh, I don't. That's not to be taken as saying you can just be whatever you want as a parent because it's serious work, but that you're not going to be perfect. That God doesn't allow you to fail so bad that He's not going to take care of what needs to be taken care of. So I guess that's where I, that's what He's taught me. And also just learning that even as parents, you have to admit when you've made a mistake and apologize to your children from time to time. That's good. That's good. I'll say uh, one of the first things that God showed me that was shocking to me is sin nature, how it's so <laughs> just natural to humans. It's, it's not a learned behavior. It's a natural behavior. Uh, with each one of my kids, the first time I saw them being naughty, you know, being mean to somebody or something like that, I'm like, this cute little cuddly thing is being evil, you know? So, you know, it just for, for myself and, you know, just being a human, it's just like, wow, the sin nature is real, you know? Our, our natural inclination is to sin, and that's why we have to train them. We have to get that thing out of them. You know, and if they don't get trained, then they're going to stay on that path of sin nature. Um, and then the other thing is, your your kids are, are 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 a reflection of you. So many times in my kids, I see my bad habits. So with my relationship with God, I'm like, God, get this thing out of me, because I can be a smart aleck, I can tease, I can be disrespectful not like purposefully being disrespectful, but I can tease her to the point where my kids see that. And next thing you know, 
they're being like that to her. And I was just joking around, but I was joking around in front of them, and then they think they can talk to her like that, and they can't, you know? And so they're a reflection of, of me, you know? And it's helped me become more disciplined and see my bad habits say, wow, that was, that really gets on my nerves. <laughs> I imagine, imagine how I am to, as an adult doing those things, like that's gotta be awful. So, um, you know, as them being a reflection of me, it helped me, it's helping me to see, you know, the things that I need to get out on. And then at the same time, I wanna be a reflection of him so that I can be a reflect, so that they can be a reflection of me. And so that's something else that really, you know, that, I, that God's been doing in, in me and with my kids. And then just the love that I have for them, it just, it hurts, you know? I love them so much, I'd do anything for them, lay down my life for them, and, you know, discipline them when they need it, not because I want to, or because I'm angry at them, because it's the right thing to do, and they need it. And just understanding that father's heart, that parent heart that God has for us, I think is, you know, when you have kids, it's a whole other revelation of what Father God is. And discipline, you know, it's not something mean or evil or this guy's angry at, God's angry at me and he's a mean guy. No, he loves me so much he's willing to do what it takes to get that junk out of my life. And so it really helps me appreciate that aspect of God. From before, I had an aspect of, you know, he's, he's kind of mean, but no, he's not. He just loves me that much that he's gonna do what he needs to do to get the junk out of my life so that I can spend eternity with him and have a heavenly home and have rewards up there. So, and accomplish all that he's called me to do in my life. Hey, Kelby, real quick. Your children are real people. They're little now, but they're real people with real thoughts and real feelings. So I encourage you when you talk to them, as you would talk to an adult, listen to them. We were in youth group for many years, and that's the biggest thing youth want, is they want someone to listen to them. You know how many times, I'm speaking to myself too, how many times they come to us, mommy, 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 mommy. Stop everything, the dishes can wait, the schedules can wait. Listen to them while they still want our attention, because if we keep, give me just a minute, give me just a minute, and you finish this phone call, eventually gonna stop asking. So I encourage you to listen to them undistractedly, ask questions to them, because they're real people. You'll probably be really surprised how they respond to you many times. It's like so amazing. Also, I wanna encourage you to fill up their spirits, create that atmosphere with the Word of God. If you watch TV in the evenings or the afternoon or whatever, schedule a time, family, where you're praying for, their chil for your children, you're praying for each other, reading the Word of God, worshiping Tuesdays in our homeschool. Tuesday is worship day, and we go through all of our Bible verses and run around the house with instruments and stuff. You know, it looks differently, but we schedule that time because it's important. So to just to have that atmosphere. Also, I encourage you as husband and wife, let your children see your love for each other. I said it last time, but let them see you kissing each other and sitting on wives sitting on husband's lap and loving on each other because that makes their makes your kids feel secure and and, and safe at home and yeah. can i pray real quick brandon or are we done let's give it up for our parenting panel and i just want to say before you pray that um you know they're part of our core team here so they're available to us to help us along the journey so i would encourage you any questions any follow-up things you want to talk with them about 
please go do it. They will make themselves available to help you. Uh, they're here to be a blessing to us, but thank you guys. Y'all are full of gold, and y'all are awesome and really beneficial to this community, so thank you. And go God, ahead and let's God, pray. we just thank you so much for all of our children, God. It, and it doesn't matter if they're they're in the womb, Father, or they're, they're out of our homes. God, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose and a destiny for every child under heaven, Lord. And I just pray, God, first of all, for protection, Lord, and, and, and safety over their hearts and their minds, God, when they're growing up in a culture that seems godless at the moment, Father. But we thank you that you are raising up our children, God, to be light to the world around them, Father. And I pray, God, that you would just put a seal on their hearts, God. You would mark them, Father, with your word, with your plan, with your purpose, God. And I just pray that as mothers and fathers, Lord, that you would mark us as well as being a, a home to nurture and to train up our children in the way they should go, Father. We thank you that your word is not returned void. So when they leave our home, God, they will not depart from your word. I declare that, God, that every seed, every scripture verse, every Bible, Bible memorization, every song that they hear, God, will just grow and grow and grow while they're young, Father. Even while they're older, God, they will not depart from the word and the truth that brings life to them, Father. The truth that will separate them from every lie that the world will come. Father, we thank you that you have come to bring life, God, that even what the enemy has meant to destroy them, to still kill or destroy any good thing, God, we thank you that you have come in reverse, Lord, to bring life and life in abundance. And we just speak in abundance of fruitfulness over our children. And God, I just pray over all these mom and dads that they'll begin to see fruit from their children, God, the fruit of obedience, the fruit of them seeing their children loving each other or of siblings praying for each other, not fighting and arguing, God of being excited about going to church to learn about Jesus, God. You, Lord, seal it in their hearts, God. I pray for dreams and visions over all of our children, God, even as babies, God, that they would have dreams about you, that they would see you, Father, in Jesus' name. And again, Father, for our parents, that you would just put the, the word of God and the scrolls in our hearts, God, of what our children are called to do, young God, that we'll begin to pray for those things. Pray for their plan and the purpose that you have for them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.